Always stay connected with 99.9% reliable Sky Broadband. Switch your home to Sky Broadband today. See sky.ie for more. Earlier this month, US President Joe Biden announced plans to ban so-called ghost guns, untraceable weapons that are self-assembled and increasingly linked to violent crimes across the United States. Today, the United States Department of Justice is making it illegal for a business to manufacture one of these kits without a serial number. Illegal. Joe Biden also says he's making it a top priority to end gun manufacturers' immunity from being sued over shooting incidents. Look, this is incredibly rare because gun manufacturers have more immunity from liability than any other American industry. So they've never had to take responsibility for the death and destruction their products cause. We need to repeal the liability shield of gun manufacturers and finally hold them accountable for false advertising and many other things they do. Just a few weeks ago, 16-year-old Angela Yambo was shot dead after she was hit by a stray bullet while walking home from school in the Bronx in New York. Gun violence is increasing every year in the US, and Angela Yambo is just one of the more than 5,500 people who have been shot dead in the country already this year. President Biden has promised that his new regulations will save American lives. But will it be enough? You see politicians talking about our hearts and prayers go to the families, etc., etc. But in reality, after a few days, the media attention, the political attention moves on to something else. And in reality, very little gets done. Martin Wall is the Irish Times Washington correspondent. Gun rights, gun controls are huge political issues. And they're absolutely right on the front line, so to speak, in relation to the culture wars between the right and the left, between the Republicans and the Democrats. I'm Sarah Chapalak, and this is In the News from the Irish Times. Today, will America ever fix its gun violence crisis? Martin, you recently travelled to New York to write about the surge of shootings in that city. How much have shootings increased in New York City and do we know why this is happening? There is different viewpoints. There are people who link the rise in gun crime across America, not just in New York, to you know, the stresses of the pandemic and lockdown and whatever else. The other is more availability of guns. The availability of guns depends on the state that you live in. There are different rules in different states. And people in states with stricter gun control, relatively speaking, than others, maintain that there are guns being basically trafficked in from elsewhere where it is uh, more, where they're more easily available. There are issues not only in relation to the availability of guns, it goes into the issue of mental health and untreated mental health issues, the issue of drugs, the issue of alcohol, and they're all linked in. It all creates a fairly toxic mix. But certainly what you're witnessing across, uh, across America is a spike in gun violence. And more tragically, in many ways, is the incidence of the number of innocent people who are being caught up in essentially gang warfare or shootings or whatever else that are, that are actually taking place. The focus of attention last week in New York was the shootings in the subway, where an individual got on the train and as the train was pulling into a station in Brooklyn, 
opened a, a smoke grenade and in the confusion opened fire and fired 30 rounds from a handgun. Here you see images from the subway scene there, blood on the ground there. Uh, in now, thankfully, nobody was killed, but 20-odd people were, were injured to varying, varying degrees. On that same day, the, there was a 23-year-old woman sitting in a car. We say it appears 23-year-old Sally Nateem was an innocent bystander and was hit by a stray bullet and killed. The previous Friday, literally a couple of days earlier, a 16-year-old girl had been walking home from school. Was shot and killed. Two other teens wounded at the South Bronx education. That was in New York. In Louisiana, there was a three-year-old boy, a three-year-old child lying asleep in bed and was, was shot by, by a stray bullet. There were two 17-year-olds in Florida and they decided to put on body armour or parts of body armour and decided to shoot a handgun at each other and to see would the body armour protect them. One of them was killed. You know, a tra- just a tragic waste of a life in many ways. And then we got to the weekend at Easter where there were, depending on how you calculate and how you define what a mass shooting is, but media reports suggesting that there were 10, maybe 11 mass shootings my God. The numbers of incidents are enormous. Gun deaths in America, it's about th- just under 3.96 deaths per 100,000. In the UK, it's 0.4, it's 100 times less. At least 58 people now dead, more than 500 people wounded in a horrific shooting on the Las Vegas Strip. It's the deadliest mass shooting in modern United States history. Some at the concert thought it was firecrackers, some thought it was... We can all name at least one mass shooting in America over the past 20 years, whether it's the 2017 Las Vegas concert shooting, the 1999 Columbine High School massacre, or the one that really shook the world, the Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting in 2012. Martin, can you... Take a step back and just remind us of some of the worst of these mass shootings and explain what kind of response followed. The, the, the deadliest um, mass shooting was the 2017 attack in, in Las Vegas. But I suppose in many ways, the most um, heart-wrenching and the most tragic of them all, as you say, was Sandy. The site today of a mass shooting and this time gunfire aimed at elementary school children. Where in December 2012, a 20-year-old man uh, went into a school and he shot 26 people. And of those 26 people, 20 of them were young children aged between 6 and 7. And in, only in February, the victims of the families and the victim uh, of that shooting reached a settlement, which is really unusual in the context of the United States, reached a settlement with the manufacturer of the of the, the, the weapon that was used by the individual, the perpetrator in that Sandy Hook attack. Remington will be paying $73 million to the victim's families. At the core of this lawsuit is really how Remington marketed its rifle. The families arguing that they highlighted the military and assault capabilities of the gun, continuing, uh, adding they purposefully appealed to the kinds of people who are the most likely to commit uh, mass murder. This lawsuit is on... And every time a, a massacre like Sandy Hook or like Las Vegas happens after just a few days or sometimes a few weeks, the news agenda moves on and the questions about why this has happened stops. Why is that? The fundamental issue is, is that there is a political unwillingness 
to change the status quo. And in some cases, it's not even to change the status quo. In some issues, the political imperative is to loosen further restrictions that were actually already there. It's not to tighten them, it's to go for, it's to loosen further. And it goes back, I suspect, to, you know, this, the, the, how um, America or Americans see themselves in relation to their own individualism, their own liberty, and where that stands vis-a-vis the role of the state in regulating their activities or restricting their activities as they would see it. So, and then there is obviously, we're going to talk about this in a while, is, is the issue of the constitutional backdrop against all that and where it will, where it stands. But this all comes down to gun ownership. And we so often hear on this side of the Atlantic about the Second Amendment right to the US Constitution, which is cited as the reason for why an American should hold a gun. Martin, can you remind us what exactly does the Second Amendment say? And is it being misinterpreted by Americans today? The US Constitution maintains that Very simply, it says a well-regulated militia is necessary for the security of a free society and the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. So how do you interpret that? What does that actually mean? And bear in mind, this was written in the 1790s, you know, so it's literally a different world. And obviously in 1790, when that was being written, the type of arms that people were permitted to bear had no relation. They were not talking about um, assault rifles, they're not talking about machine guns. So the issue is not necessarily the actual um, article itself. It's the actual interpretation of the article. And there was, an, there was an interpretation by the Supreme Court that it allowed people to have weapons at home for their, um, for their own protection. And now, as I say, we're waiting for a Supreme Court ruling in relation to what is the issue going to be in relation to concealed carry outside the home. So will you, is it permissible? Does the, does the interpretation of that particular section of the, of the Constitution, of the amendment of the Constitution, give you the right to carry a concealed weapon in the street? That will be due shortly. In the interim, there are some states, uh, only, only uh, earlier this month, in Georgia, basically they passed law allowing for concealed carry. And obviously that will depend on the implement, implementation of that will be dependent on what how the Supreme Court rules and whatever else. So basically it's the question of there is a right to keep arms, to carry arms. But then the question being, in what circumstances and in what cases should the state be allowed to step in and seek to restrict that or regulate that in the context of, you know, is it, is it appropriate for people who have criminal convictions to have weapons? Is it, is it um, appropriate for people who have uh, diagnosed mental illness to, have, to carry weapons? And obviously there are restrictions in those areas in place. And we also have to bear in mind is that increasingly in the United States at the moment, we have to bear in mind there is an, an absolute conservative supermajority on the Supreme Court. So the Supreme Court is moving to the right and the political uh, realities on the ground in, in a number of issues, not only guns, but we're dealing with abortion, we'll be dealing with environmental issues, whatever else, will be determined by the views of the Conservative majority, which has moved quite considerably to the right on the Supreme Court. Coming up, Joe Biden says he wants to tackle gun violence, but what options does he have? Never suffer the buffer again. Always stay connected with 99.9% reliable Sky Broadband. Whether you're streaming on the sofa... 
screaming in the bedroom. <laughs> or swiping in the bathroom. I said swiping. You'll never be without it. Switch your home to 99.9% reliable Sky Broadband. Availability subject to location requires Sky Broadband Ultrafast. For more info, see sky.ie forward slash speeds. 99.9% reliability based on time our broadband network works across our base. So US President Joe Biden has now announced that he wants to revoke the immunity that American gun makers have from being sued over shooting incidents. And that immunity dates back to the passing of the Protection of Lawful Commerce and Arms Act, which was passed in 2005. Martin, what can you tell us about that legislation and why was it introduced? I would suspect it was introduced on the basis of lobbying and lobbying from the from the gun industry. Joe Biden said last week that gun, gun manufacturers are immune from all laws. They're not, okay? That was a slight exaggeration. They're not. Obviously, if they make guns that are defective, that are faulty, if there's a problem with contract, they're not. The issue is that legislation provides immunity in the con- to the manufacturers if their product is used in the course of a crime. The presidency suggesting that needed to be looked at again. Obviously, there would be a big fight about that. The Congress are lobbied seriously by the gun industry. We mentioned Sandy Hook a little while ago and the victims and the court case that was taken. The Supreme Court allowed the Sandy Hook families to proceed with a case against the manufacturers. Now, the case was settled. It was settled for several million dollars. However, the really key element of this perhaps is, is that as part of that settlement, the internal documents, thousands and thousands of pages of internal documents from within the company are now to be made public or been handed over. And what the president was maintaining was he drew the analogy with the tobacco industry. Remember, it wasn't until we saw the internal documents that we really understood what cigarette manufacturers are doing to our kids and our families. Now, we may begin to see what gun manufacturers are and are not doing when it comes to making and marketing their deadly products. The White House has said it's also trying to clamp down on untraceable firearms or so-called ghost guns. What can you tell us about these weapons? This was something, now, (laughs) to be very honest, this was something that was new to me. I assumed that people who wanted to buy guns went to a gun store or they went to a gun show or, or they bought it. I was absolutely unaware, and I don't know whether many people in Ireland are aware, that you can buy guns on the internet. And that they come in the form of kits, which the president maintained could be put together with a drill at home on the kitchen table in about 30 minutes. Unlike guns that are sold in the shop, there's no serial number. They're untraceable. And what he is planning is to introduce uh, new rules that basically say that if you manufacture guns for sale in kit form over the internet, that they're going to have to be traceable. There's going to have to be in serial numbers. President Biden also called again for universal background checks and a ban on assault weapons and high capacity magazines. But didn't Barack Obama try to do this numerous times only to be pushed back by the Republican gun lobby again and again? Why does Biden think this time might be different? I think it has to be said. I don't think there's going to be any support for this to be done. If the Democrats are going to win in November or hold on in November to their their current situation, they're going to have to hold the middle ground. And there isn't broad political support. Polling maintains that about 52% of Americans want stronger gun controls. That's not enough. You have to govern if you want to win, win power. You have to the middle ground. 
and it'll be totally opposed on the Republican side and by many independents. They may get issues in relation to background checks, but in relation to uh, assault weapons. Now, bear in mind, assault weapons were banned in the past. They were banned for a like a 10-year period under a previous Congress, but then that 10 years expired and was never renewed. But the world has changed since then, and politics has changed since then, and guns have become increasingly, like abortion, like other uh, climate change, like COVID, they're just another another front in the culture wars. In fact, as I say, the Republican states in some cases are going the other way, not uh, towards restricting gun control, they're going towards loosening it. Laws. 19 states so far this year have passed new laws that loosen gun restrictions, including Tennessee, which now will allow people to carry handguns without seeking a permit. In fact, so far, every state in the country has had uh, bills introduced that would do one thing uh, on the gun issue, loosen restrictions. And if the polls are correct, the Republicans are likely to take back control of Congress in November, and then you can forget about it. Then it's off the table completely for another uh, two years. So um, I I think, unfortunately, uh, what we're going to continue with is that we will see spikes in, uh, in gun violence. We will see occasional, awful, terrible incidents and the political system will say something should be done or there'll be arguments about you know as I say go back to this, something should be done and the other counter argument is guns don't kill people people kill people etc etc it'll go around in a circle but unfortunately I really don't see appetite there to to really deal with the issue. Martin how did American politics get to this point where it seems impossible to get an agreement over anything, and even something as important as this. The the culture of the Republican Party, the modern Republican Party, is moving further and further to the right. And as it moves further and further to the right, the prospect of a bipartisan, across the board, across, as they say here, across the aisle, um, agreement to tackle gun control issues and and to tackle many of the, the issues in America, affecting America, gets further and further away. Even as people realise that there are issues that have to be addressed. You know, we saw the, you know, di- digressing slightly, we saw the issue last year <clears throat> in relation to uh, infrastructure in America. Anybody who drives or gets the train in America, we all grew up in looking at these, from Ireland looking at, you know, these massive motorways and highways across America, and we thought this was wonderful. But if you drive on them, you realise that they're, in many cases, they're potholes, they're ageing very badly, the train system in North America, in, in America, is by no means comparable with the train system in Europe, in Germany or France, or whatever else. And Republicans know this. They, Trump spoke about a mass need for a massive infrastructure bill for four years. He was there, never did anything about it. And yet, when Biden got the um, got the, uh, the the votes to pass a trillion dollar infrastructure bill, uh, the Trump uh, side of the Republican Party turned its fire on Republicans who voted for it, who support it, even though they know that this is required. Bridges, roads, ports, airports, broadband, they all need to be invested on or invested in. And yet the politics didn't allow to support um, measures that everybody knows are actually needed. So in that, that is the context and the prism that you need to look at the political issues regarding um, gun, gun issues and gun rights. You know, Sandy, what happened? There were 20 That's children. all for today. My thanks to our guest, dead. Martin Wall. And you can read more of Martin's coverage from the United States at irishtimes.com. This episode was produced by Declan Conlon and Jennifer Ryan. If that in the news, we'll be back reality, on Wednesday. That incident didn't jolt the system into looking again at what 
how the how it deals with the gun issue. What uh, what could 